I remember when I first, uh, I remember when I first met singing songs that were worship songs. For a long time, I, if I did sing them, I really didn't really mean, I didn't understand, I really didn't mean what I was saying. I remember when I first really meant what I was saying, and it just makes all the difference in the world. And uh, some powerful words in some of the songs that uh, if you meant it, wow. Wow, it's pretty incredible. Hey, turn to Mark chapter 8, you guys. Um, if you're turning there, um, I'm going to ask this. You know, Derek said, hey, this is a pretty important night. It is. I, I, uh, I'm going to ask a favor of you. And, and it's not, I'm not talking to everybody. I'm just going to talk to some of you who... We've had a, a few chapels now, and this is your time that you check out. This is your time that you take a nap. This is the time that you go to sleep. This is the time that you, you know, you do kind of just go, well, okay, I'm just going to just think about whatever else in my life. I'm just going to ask you just please just one thing. I don't care. You check out every other time. Fine. Sleep every other time. I'm just asking. I'm begging you. I really am. I'm begging you. I care about you. I'm begging you that if just this one time for the next 30 minutes, if you just listen to me for 30 minutes, just give me 30 minutes. That's all I'm asking. And if, and if you're after the 30 minutes, you're like, okay, I'm checking out now. Thank you for giving me 30 minutes. That's all I'm asking. Because I want to talk about the most important thing in your life. Now, even when I said that, some of you are going, you don't know the most important thing about you. Hard, you don't even know me, PJ. I, mean, I, I haven't even talked to you this week. All right, said hi to you, whatever. How do you know what the most important thing is in my life? Well, let me just ask you this. Think about the most important thing, person, what idea, whatever. Think about the most important thing in your life right now. Just think about it. The most important thing in your life is your life. You go, no, 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 that's not what I was thinking. Okay. If you weren't alive, if you didn't exist, how important would that thing you're thinking about be? It wouldn't be important at all. So in order for anything else to be important to us, what do we have to do? Be alive. For anything else to be important, we have to exist. I want to talk about your existence. I want to talk about your life, the most important thing to every single one of us. Uh, we left off last night. Pretty bad news, right? If you're on your own, remember, in the flesh, like just, you know, that's all you have is your own flesh, your own body, just you. You're on your own to live out life. What's the biggest problem that we have? Sin. And sin is a huge problem, if you remember. And it's everybody's problem. It's my problem. It's your problem. It's everybody has sin. So it's everybody's problem. The second thing that makes it even worse is everybody who has sinned is what? A slave of sin. So every single one of us is a slave of sin because we've all sinned. Then the third thing that even makes it worse, sin has one thing that it's going to do as your master. And that has one agenda. What's to do what? Kill you. Kill you. It, I think somebody said deceive you. It wants to kill you. It does it through deception. But that's what it does. It separates you from the only one who can give you life. And then the fourth thing that makes it even worse is now that you even know all about it, what can you do about it? Nothing. Sin is too powerful. I'm way too weak. I can't do anything about it. I am convinced that sin is the second most powerful thing in the universe. Even Satan will be t eternally separated from God. Guess why? 
Because of sin. Sin's the problem. Sin's everybody's problem. Except for one person. There's one person, there's one thing. I said sin is the second most powerful. There's one thing in the universe that is more powerful than sin. It's not you. It's not me. It is God. God is the only thing that is more powerful than sin, but he is more powerful than sin. And this is what blows me away. I gave you guys the bad news. Somebody mentioned tonight on stage the gospel. Gospel only means good news, you guys. That's just what it means. That was the bad news. You know what the good news is? There is good news. And that is that God himself, God himself came to me. I didn't deserve it, not because I'm, a, I'm this great person that deserves to have a, a handout or anything else. He only did it because he chose to love me and he chose to love you. He chose to love every single one of us, chose just to love us. Enough that he went, you know what? I see this helpless and hopeless person that can't do anything about the sin problem. So I'm going to decide to do something for him, for her, about sin. A lot of us have heard this message. I'm going to ask you that if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, would you do me a favor? I'm just going to give this right in the middle. I don't know why it just hit me, but I'm going to ask you to do a favor. Would you spend the rest of the time, if you already know this message and you've already made a decision for Jesus, would you just spend this time as you're listening praying for somebody else who doesn't know? Just do that silently right now. Pray for someone else if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're not, I want you to listen to this. God himself decided to do something for us. He came, and it's like this. This is kind of what happened. Well, this isn't really what happened, but it's so we can understand it. It's like he came and went to our master as if sin was a person. I know sin's not a person, but it's like he came and said to sin, okay, look, I see that PJ is a slave to you, and I want to pay the price to buy your slave. What is it going to cost me? God said, what is it going to cost me to buy PJ from you? And sin says, well, it's a pretty hefty price because the only thing I'm satisfied with is death. So it's going to cost you death. It's going to cost you your life. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you know, if it wouldn't have cost that much, no way. I mean, there's no way. I don't even deserve it. And God did something unbelievable, didn't he? He said, to my surprise, okay. I'm like, what? Okay. I'll pay it. Because I love this person that much. That's what it's all about, that God himself comes to this world in the body, in one flesh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming here, living this life in order to buy us back, to pay for the penalty of sin, to pay for the punishment of our sin, to purchase us back from slavery to this master that's sin. And the price was his life. That's what it's all about, that he gave his life up on that cross. 
He died for you. He died for me. He paid the price. He was buried showing that he really did die. He raised from the dead three days later showing that the price he paid was enough. It was a satisfactory price. And he also raised from the dead to show that he really had power. He did have power over sin. He really does have power over death. He's the only one who does. Guys, get this. Sin is so powerful. It took God himself stepping in, giving up his life. God himself giving up his life, dying, being buried, and rising from the dead. That's a pretty powerful thing, sin is. And yet, God did it. How powerful is God? And he did it for me, and he did it for you. And none of us deserved it. And it's like if we were in this room with sin as a master, and it's a room that has a door, but it has no doorknob in the middle. We cannot get out. We don't, we don't have the power enough. We don't have the strength enough to get out of this room that we're trapped in. And yet God himself came over, and because of the death of Jesus, burial, resurrection of Jesus, that this door is now open. He opened the door for us, and we're in this room, and the door swings open, and God is out there. Jesus Christ is out there, and he's saying, okay, you've been paid. The, the price has been paid. You can go, you can go free. And you have the freedom now to go away from sin, to walk away from sin, and instead put your faith in Jesus. Now, if I have the freedom to leave sin and follow Jesus, that means I also have the freedom to do what? To stay where I'm at. I can. Nobody's kicking me out the door. I can say, no, I'm really comfortable here with sin. I'm good. We talked about that a little bit last night. What's really going to happen to us if we continue this relationship with sin and try to work it on our own? But that's what we can do. Or we can take his invitation and step out by faith and say, okay, I will believe in you. But what does that mean? See, God, Jesus did all the work, you guys, to set us free. The only thing we do is put our faith in him. But I'm convinced, you guys, for a long time, junior high, I think I said it the first night, you know, I thought I had a relationship with God. I really did, but I really didn't. You know why? Because I didn't really understand for a long time what it meant to believe in him. And then when I did understand it, it still took me a while to do it. And I'll tell you why. But I didn't understand what it really meant. I thought it meant that if I believed that Jesus died, was buried, rose from the dead, then I'm a Christian. He died for my sins. I believe that. Is that believing in Jesus or just something that he did? It's something that he did. Now, it includes that. I need to believe that. But believing in Jesus is not that. Believing in Jesus is believing in the person of Jesus. In him. For all those years, you guys, in junior high, maybe some of you can relate to me. I, you, you believe all this stuff about him. You believe all the, I, all the stuff I just said tonight. You're like, I already know that. But man, I believed all that stuff. But you know, you, do you know who I believed in? All those years? Guess who I believed in? Somebody just said it. It's like everybody knows. Yourself. Because you know the same struggle. Because you know that's what you struggle with. That's the choice, you guys, because believing in Jesus, it can't be a split decision. Believing in Jesus is not, I'm going to believe in him and believe in me. Believing in him actually means I'm going to stop believing in me. And I'm going to believe in him instead of me. 
Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter eight. I didn't really understand it until I saw this and I went, whoa. He just explains. Here he, he, he saw this crowd. Jesus saw this crowd and he went, you know what? I care about this crowd. They're all like following after me. But he kind of looked at him and said, I don't know if these people really understand what it means to really follow me, to really believe in me, to trust me with their life. I don't know if they really understand that and I want them to because that's what it's all about. That's the only thing that matters. So he turns to this crowd, look at verse 34 of Mark 8. It says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and he said, if anyone would come after me, does anybody want to have a relationship with me? Not just know stuff about me, but really know me. Not just believe stuff about me, but believe in me. This is what you do. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He says three things, right? If anybody wants to come after me, what does he say? He has to do what? Deny himself. Then the second thing is, take up his cross and, then, and follow me. What does that mean? Let's just go through each one. Deny yourself. For a long time, I'm like, I don't know what that means. You know, what does that mean, deny myself? You know, I remember like uh, if, if, if you've ever been on a diet or something like that, or seen somebody on a diet, they deny themselves of some food. Like, hey, I'm not going to eat ice cream. I'm denying myself. But that's not what it means to deny myself of certain things in my life. It's talking about denying me. In other words, it's not like saying no to ice cream. It's saying no to who? Me. That's what deny myself means, to say no to myself. So is this what I need to do? No, PJ. No. Down, boy. You know what? I mean, what does it mean to say no to myself? What do you mean to say no? You know what it means, you guys? He's saying, you know what? If, you need, if you're the first step in, in realizing that you need to believe in me is this. You need to realize that life isn't about you anymore. Deny yourself. Say no to you. Stop just saying that life is always about yes to you. You have to come to a place where you realize it's not about me anymore. It's a very humbling thing. Then the second thing, he explains it even more. What's the second thing he says in what? And take up your cross. Now that's the one that I go, well, okay, what does he mean? Again, do, do I like carve out a big cross Put it on, slap it on, walk around. Hey, I'm taking up my cross. Be easy to find other Christians, right? Hey, you must be a Christian too. You know, you got a cross. You know, is that what we do? I mean, you take up a cross, like literally? No, he's not, he's not saying that. Those people would have understood what he was saying because it was a common term that was used during that time for somebody to take up their cross. What if I said this to you? Like in today's term, that Jesus might say, hey, if you're gonna follow me, you need to, Say no to yourself. You need to deny yourself. And you need to take a lethal injection. Would you know what that meant? I think we actually do know what that means, but we're going, are you kidding me? What would that mean if I'd taken a lethal injection? I'm putting myself to what? Death. Back then, you guys, if they were like on death row... You know, and like today, maybe they give you a lethal injection for the death punishment. You know, a long time ago, there was like an electric chair. He would say, you know, hey, you need to say no to yourself and sit in the electric chair. And sit in the chair. That's what he would have said during that time. Back then, here it is, you're in death row, and you know, I hope you wouldn't be in death row, but let's imagine that we are. And we're sitting there, we're going, hey, man, did you hear about Larry? Oh, what about him? Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to the chair today. Now, we would know what that meant, 
But 2,000 years from now, if we said he's going to the chair, people would be going, like, what's the big deal? He's going to a chair. You know, what does that mean? See, it just kind of changed as years go on. Back then, if they, if they were in death row, they'd say this. You hear about Larry? Yeah, what's the deal? He's carrying his cross today. You know what that meant? He was going to die. They were about to crucify him. Because everybody that was crucified carried their own cross to the place where they were crucified. So if you said somebody's carrying the cross, carrying their cross, it means that they were going to be crucified that day. They're taking the lethal injection. They're putting him in the electric chair. They're putting him to death. Now that's how the people would have understood it, but they also would have understood Jesus didn't actually literally mean it. So you can take a big sigh now. Okay? Because what's his next words? And what? follow me. So he must not have meant that literally, right? Because you can't go, okay, I'm going to put myself to death and follow him. That doesn't work. So what did he really mean? What he meant was you need to look at yourself as a dead person. And what does that mean? You know, do I fall down and pretend like I'm dead? Let me ask you this question. How many decisions does a dead person make for themselves? None. How much power does a dead person have over their life? None. How many choices does a dead person make? None. Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, here's how you get ready to believe in me. You need to say no to you. And you need to say, okay, I'm giving up my power. I'm giving up my decision making. I'm giving up my choices for myself. I'm dead. And if I'm not making the decisions, choices, and having the power over my life anymore, who is? That's why he says the third thing, which is what? And follow me. Basically what he's saying is, if you, need to, if you want to come after me, you have to stop following you and follow me instead. Basically what he's saying is, if you want to come after me, you have to stop believing in you. You have to put yourself aside, stop believing in you, and this is what it means to believe in me. You're handing your life over to me, my faith. You are believing in me, who I am, what I've done, what I say, what I do. Do you believe in me? See, people didn't follow Jesus because they didn't understand what he was asking for. They stopped following him because they did understand what he was asking for. They knew that, they were, that he was asking for their lives. And they went, whoa, nah, no. A lot of crowds, after he would say something like, like this, they would leave. Some would stay. Because they went, okay, I'll believe in you. But for me, you guys, when I heard that, and, I'm, and for some of you, you're going, whoa, that is huge. I mean, why does it have to be that huge? Like, okay, I understand Jesus did all this stuff for sin and stuff and everything else, but why can't he just like, hey, open the door and just leave me alone? Like, yeah, let me out and let me go free. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, that's it. Why does it have to be this huge, like, that I have to stop believing in myself, believe in him, really hand my life over to him by faith? Why does it have to be that way? And it's like Jesus was reading my mind and maybe the mind of these people he was talking to because they were probably thinking the same thing. And look at his next sentence, verse 35. 
Because, for means because. I'm telling you, this is why it has to be this way. Because whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the, and for the gospel, the good news, will save it. In other words, he says, it's kind of a weird way he said it. He goes, look, here's the deal, PJ. If you keep your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life to me for this good news, then you'll get life. And I'm going, now I know this sounds terrible, but I'm arguing with Jesus. I'm going, no, Jesus, you have it backwards. I mean, seriously, doesn't it make more sense this way? If I keep my life, then who has my life? Me. If I give my life to him, then I've lost my life, right? So I'm going, no, Jesus, you're kind of telling me exactly what I, what I have a problem with. You're saying like, if I, if I keep my life, then I'm going to lose it? No, if I keep my life, I'll, I'll keep it. And that's what I want to do. I'm going to keep my life. And Jesus says, no, PJ, no, open your eyes. If you keep your life, you will lose it. You give it to me, you'll get life. What are you talking about? And then my eyes opened up, just like some of yours. Because if I keep my life, suddenly it hit me. Who really owns my life if I keep my life? You got it. Sin. Sin owns my life. And sin's going to give me one thing as one agenda, and that's to do what? Kill me. going, PJ, you keep your life, then you're staying in that room with sin. And sin will kill you. It'll deceive you so much it's going to make you think it's giving you life. It's going to kill you so slow you don't even recognize it, but that's what it's going to do. If you give me your life and make me your master, you trust me with your life instead, then, then you actually can have life because I'm the only one that can give it to you. Whoa. Started making me think. But like some of you, and seriously, I want to really talk through this. Some of us are still going, I don't know. And I'll tell you what I said to Jesus after that. I go, Jesus, I get it. Okay, I get it. But I want you to understand something. You need to, you need to understand this. I've got plans for my life. I like being in control of my life. I like these plans that I have. And I, if I hand my life over to you, I heard you're pretty radical. And I heard maybe if I hand my life over to you and trust you with my life, you might not have the same plans for me that I have for me. And I like my plans. I like the way I'm living my life. And hand it over to you. You're going to change it, everything. At least that's what I've heard. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus did? Jesus didn't even deny that. It's like Jesus said to me, you're right. You're right. It's probably not going to look anything like it does now. But he said, I want you to listen to this, PJ. And it's like he reads my mind again, and look what it says in the next sentence, verse 36. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? In other words, it's like Jesus said, okay, let's just kind of play this hypothetical thing, PJ. Let's say, you know, you get your life, you go ahead and keep it, and everything that you ever wanted to have happen in your life happens. You get the girl of your dreams, you get the house of your dreams, you get the the job of your dreams, you get all the money that you want, you get every single thing that you ever wanted in the world, everything works out, which is totally crazy. It never, we don't have that much control, but it's like Jesus said, let's just play that game. Let's say you gain the whole world. You actually gain 
everything in the entire world. I'm like, yeah! And then he says, but what good is that if you don't have your life? Huh? Because if you keep your life, even if it works out every way that you want it to work out, who is still your master? Everything keeps going back to this. Who's your master? So who really owns all that stuff? What good is it if I have a bunch of stuff, but I don't even have life? Because the most important thing is my life, and nothing else is going to matter unless I have that. I'm like, that's a good point. But I wasn't done. Because I knew this was going to be hard. And that's basically what I finally said to Jesus. I said, Jesus, I get it. Okay. But you're asking for my life. It's really good. Let's get down to it. I mean, that's what you're, really what you're asking for. You're asking for my life. You're asking me to trust you with my life. Hand my life over to you by faith. And it's my life. It is valuable. It's everything that I am. Do you know what you're asking for? And Jesus said, yeah, I do. But let me ask you this. And like he read my mind, and like maybe he's reading some of your minds. Look what he says in the next sentence in verse 37. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? You know what he's saying there? That word exchange means like a buying term. What would you take for exchange for your soul. In other words, what would somebody have to offer you to pay for, to buy your soul? What would it be? What would it take for you? A million dollars? Two million? A trillion? 50 trillion? Whatever that is. I go, okay, 50, 50 trillion. You can do a lot of stuff with that money. I'm sure. So I go, yeah, okay, 50 trillion. Would you do that? See, some of you guys already know the trick question. Because if I take the, tr the $50 trillion and I give my life over to the person who gave me the $50 trillion, how can I, how can I enjoy the money? Because I don't have my life. Because remember, if I don't have my life, what does anything else matter? It doesn't matter. So I turn back and I go, Jesus, no, I wouldn't. I, nobody could offer me any amount. My life is priceless. It's, it's so valuable, I, I can't put a price on it. I would never give an exchange for it. And Jesus is going, well, that's my point. And I'm going, no, that's my point. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's why it's so hard to give you my life, because it's so stinking valuable. And Jesus goes, then why wouldn't you give me your life? Huh? If it really is that valuable to you, why would you keep it knowing that it's going to be destroyed by sin. If it really is that valuable to you, why don't you give it to me, the only one who can make it have the purpose and meaning that it was meant to have? I struggled when I really understood what it meant to trust in Jesus. Knew what he did for me. Man, he did it all. And he simply asked me to believe in him. Stop believing in me, believe in him. And I remember, you guys, when I was a freshman in college, I struggled with this for 
at least a year. And I remember it was almost as if, I'm just gonna try to put in a picture for you, it's almost like Jesus was standing in front of me, just, just standing there waiting, and I was going, but Jesus, you know, it's my life. You realize what you're asking for, and it's like he just, it's like he just kept saying this over and over again. Yeah, I know what I'm asking for. Will you trust me? But Jesus, I mean, uh, I, I've got a lot of plans. I've got these things I want to do, and you're going to probably, you know, have different things for me and have a whole different kind of life for me. And Jesus just kept saying, I know. Will you trust me? But Jesus, this is my life. I mean, it is so valuable. You ask me to give you the most valuable thing that I have. It's the thing that, that really, when it comes down, to the only thing that matters in my, for me. It's, it's my life. And you're asking me just to trust you with it. And Jesus was basically saying, I know. PJ, will you trust me? And something happened. I looked at the master that I had. I, re I really did realize sin was my master. And I looked at sin, and you know what? This master told me everything I wanted to hear. Everything. This master told me everything I needed to hear. This master did things in my life that I wanted. This master said he would do everything in my life that I needed. This master lies to me all the time. I might not like what this person, this master says sometimes, it might be tough, but he never lies to me. This master wants to give me death. This master wants to give me life. Real life. I thought, what am I doing? I did something really radical. And my heart was pumping. Jesus was standing there and I just went, okay. Okay. I trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to believe in you. And Jesus took my life. At that moment, you guys, I was no longer a slave of sin. I have a new master. One I call master. He turns around and calls me his child. I've been set free from sin. Some of you in this room, you've known about Jesus and maybe you even know what Jesus has been just really asking you to do and believe in him instead of all the stuff about him. But you've kept your life hoping that you could kind of have it both ways. But you know you can't. 
And really, I really do believe deep down inside, you don't even want to. I think like me, there's somebody in here, you're going, I can't believe this, but I know I've got to trust Jesus with my life. I can't keep it anymore. Some of you already made that decision. It was a great reminder tonight, right? Great reminder. Oh yeah, that's right. I gave my life to Jesus. Thank you for that reminder. For some of us, we've never ever really done it, being honest. And maybe you've even been in the church forever. Maybe even everybody else in your group even thinks that you have, but you know you haven't. And tonight might be the night that you're going, you know what? Whoa, I, he totally was talking about me. Jesus was totally talking about me. And he just answered the questions that I had. All the reasons why I wanted to keep my life. And I'm realizing now I, I can't do that. I realize I'm a slave of sin. I realize I've been trying to do life on my, on my own. But I'm willing to put my faith in Jesus. Not just believe stuff about him. And I'm not talking to any of us who have already done that, but I am gonna to talk to you guys right now that have, that have never done that. And in just a minute, this is what I'm gonna ask you to do, something pretty radical. For you to show that you're saying, hey, I'm gonna I'm I'm trust Jesus with my life. I realize I've been a slave to sin. I'm gonna have my life already to him by faith. I understand what he's done for me in order to rescue me from sin, to buy me back from sin and I'm gonna take his offer. And I'm gonna give him my life. In just a minute, I'm gonna ask you to stand up where you are, if that's you, if you know I'm talking to you. Because I'm convinced that if you probably don't stand up in here, it's gonna be hard to stand up out there. You guys know that. And, and another thing, if you stand up in here, I think it might really help you go, that's right, I'm making that decision. Here it is. You're going to be surrounded by a lot of people that, aren't, that are going to be, you don't need to be afraid to make, the, make that decision in here. But I'm going to ask you to do that. I want you to think about it right now, that if you're going, I know he's talking to me, I've never decided to trust Jesus, but I'm going to hand my life over him, to him tonight for the first time. I'm going to do it. I know I got him. Think about if you need to stand up to say, I'm gonna trust Jesus for the first time. Don't stand up because somebody else does. This isn't about you and someone else. This is you and God. This is your life. No one else's. On the other hand, don't stay seated if somebody else stays seated. Because this isn't about someone else. If you're even the only one, right now you're deciding, I'm gonna stand up because I need to hand my life over to Jesus. I don't care if anybody else does. So, if you've never handed your life over to Jesus, you've never trusted him, you understood what the message was about tonight, what Jesus has done for you, and you're gonna take him up on his offer and handing your life over to him by faith, stand up.
Wow. Do you guys, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stay standing. Stay standing. Would you just, you guys that are standing up, and for us, it's going to be a great reminder, those of us who are followers of Jesus already, but I'm going to tell you something. I, you're my hero. You're an example to me. I'm going to tell you why. I didn't have the guts to do what you're doing until I was a freshman in college. I didn't. You are making, and I think you understand, do you guys understand you're making one of the most courageous decisions you can ever make? It takes a lot of guts to hand your life over to someone else. It does. It does. You don't, you don't just do that with anybody. And, and this, I wasn't humble enough to do what you're doing. You were making, and, and I think you understand this too. Do you understand that this is the most humbling decision you can ever make? You know why it's humbling? Because in standing up, you're saying, I know I can't do it on my own. I know I am hopeless and helpless on my own. That's humbling. Are you guys doing that, making that most humbling and courageous decision at the same time? I just want to tell you, you're an example. Um, those of us sitting down, last night I gave a message, if you remember the first part of the message about walking by the Spirit, walking by the flesh. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're sitting down here, but you've been thinking over the last 24 hours, man, I have been living life on my own even though I have the Holy Spirit here with me. I've been ignoring him. I've actually been even just rejecting what he's put in my mind. I just have been deciding lately to just kind of live life on my own and I need to have a change. I don't want to walk by my flesh anymore. I want to walk by the Spirit. You guys still stay standing that are standing. Just hold on for a minute. I need to change. And you know, maybe even tonight you're going, I did have my life over to Jesus. Why am I acting like I haven't? And maybe you need to stay in here, talk to a counselor and say, I need somebody to pray with me. I need to say in standing up, I don't, not, I don't want to walk by my flesh anymore. I have, I'm being honest. And I want to walk by his spirit. Some of you have continued to walk by his spirit. I'm not talking to you talking to you guys who have been living life like you're not a follower of Jesus, like you're not following the Holy Spirit. But you know what you need to do. You need to humble yourself and say, I'm going to walk by His Spirit instead of trying to do things my way anymore. <laughs> if that's you, maybe you've made a decision before in the past, but you're like, man, this is hitting me. I, I want to walk by his spirit, not by his flesh, not by my flesh anymore. And that's what I've been doing. I'm going to admit that. And I want to change that. Would you stand up? I want to invite you guys that just stood up. To, I just want to invite you to go ahead and stay too if you want. And, and pray with your counselor. Pray with somebody else. Just kind of, you know, make this a moment you're saying, yeah, let's help each other walk by the Spirit instead of doing things our own way. So go ahead and stay in here too if you want to. Um, the rest of us, I'm going to ask you to do this. We're going to do something in just a minute. I'm going to ask everybody that's standing up to sit down in a second and everybody that's sitting down to stand up and call it the switch. And you guys that are standing up, you're going to sit down, your counselor, your youth pastor, somebody's going to come and just talk with you. Make sure they know why you're staying back. Just talk it over with you and pray with you. 
maybe help you with the decision, tell you where maybe where to go from here, what's gonna happen after this in your life, and just answer questions for you. So just have you just stay back, talk with somebody. Your counselor will find you, or you can look around and find them, go to them. The rest of us are just sitting down. I, I know for some of us, like, my friend stood up. I want to just, ah, oh, you know, go to him and talk. You're going to have plenty of time to do that. If you would, if you know somebody who stood up and you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going to ask it. after you leave out here, grab somebody else and just thank God. Thank God for the decision the person's making. Just do that outside. Hang out out there, guys. You got some free time um, tonight out there and just hang out there and just praise God for what's happening. If you haven't made a decision for Jesus, I'm just gonna ask you to continue to think about where your life is. But if you are sitting down, would you just quietly take your stuff right now, stand up. If you're standing, go ahead and sit down. If you're sitting, go ahead and take your stuff quietly. Would you just stand up? Go ahead and make your way out of one of the doors. Don't talk to you, get outside, that'd be great. So everybody can just talk in here. Awesome. And then counselors, leaders, go ahead and find your, uh, your students.